Get ready. Genesis Dutch. 16-bit arcade graphics. Welcome to episode 67 of the Segabit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry. With me is George. Like always. Like always. <laughs> and with us is our guest, Nate Mitchell of Squid Kids, Inc. Hello, Nate. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm a little stressed, but doing good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess just to sort things out, Squid Kids, Inc. is your company? Yes. So analog is the line of figures, and megabit is the Sega themed figure. Correct. And then Kickstarter is where everything's at. Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, I guess to kick things off, how did you become a toy designer, and what led to um, creating Squid Kids Inc.? Uh, I guess I started sculpting when I was nineteen, so that that's been a while. And then I ended up going to school for toy design at Otis. Back in 2001. Okay. And then I graduated in 2004. Uh, started working in the toy industry on action figures at Playmates Toys in 2004. And then, let's see, went to Spin Master in 2006. And I left Spin Master in 2012. So I've been doing Squid Kids Inc. for two and a half years full time. Wow. Wow. Are there any notable lines that you worked on when you were with um, any of those uh, Playmates, you know, I worked on a variety of things. And then I did, I worked on the King Kong toy line for that movie. Oh, wow. And some, very little bit of TMNT at the time. And then Spin Master, I did Stormhawks, which is a cool show, cool toys, but didn't do well. Uh, some Bakugan action figures. Um, the best one I, I felt was, uh, how to train your dragon. The oh, first, nice. the first movie, I, I was really happy with those toys Very cool. and then, and then others I'm not so, so proud of. <laughs> Do you want to name <laughs> any of them? <laughs> uh, I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Yeah. That's cool. Some, some are better left forgotten, right? <laughs> right, right. I hear you. I actually, I was walking, walking, walking to work yesterday and for some reason I thought of Betty Spaghetti. Do you remember that? Uh, barely. I, I remember think... the name more than I, I remember the product. <laughs> what a stupid toy. Anyway. <laughs> is that the one that grew hair? Or... I, I no. think so. She looked like spaghetti. Oh, Jesus. Kids love spaghetti and girls love spaghetti dolls. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the so, this so Analog line, this is, these are vintage or retro, uh, products given life with arms and legs and eyes. Um, what, what got you, gave you the idea to create these? I mean, I think people have been doing anthropomorphic designs for forever. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I grew up with those type of products. And I like designer toys and people's artwork. So I was, I was sketching in my sketchbook thinking of ways to make a toy that people could put their artwork on. Because in the vinyl toy scene, there's a lot of people that do customs or and paint their own figures, but a lot of people can't paint. So, and there are a lot of digital artists out there that, you know, can't paint traditionally. So I figured I'd, I'd, I'd tried to think of something that uh, those people could print out their artwork and then essentially customize a figure easily. And so I was sketching and I think the first one I drew up was a drive, which is a, based on a floppy disc, mm -hmm. the, I think three and, Three quarter or three point five, whatever. Yeah, yeah, three and three quarter, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then I I just kept thinking of other um, old things like that that I could put a label on. And obviously NES was a big one, and that can't. And I finally named him Tendo. And then there's a B side uh, cassette tape, and then I've I've done like ten different so analog characters, but. I just haven't really released them all, mo mostly because of financial reasons. <laughs> right, right. I'm looking at the illustration here. You have, um, it looks like Atari, SNES. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I've, I've now, I'm, I'm close to making keychains for all of them because mm -hmm. keychains are relatively easy and cheaper to make than like full production toys. So. Right. 
it's one way for me to get them out there. Were you ever inspired by the muscle figures? Do you remember those? Yeah, I, I have some friends that uh, do OMFG. It's like outlandish minifigure guys, mm-hmm. and they're um, essentially inspired by muscles. So I don't, I haven't wanted to get into that area because a lot of people are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I have essentially models of my figures at that size, just in case I want to try to make them. So <laughs> I make them for myself more than anything. So, so these megabit figures, these are your first licensed product. Yeah. Okay. So. And so you, you turned to Kickstarter and we, uh, we'll post the link to with the video and tell everyone cool. about it. But, um, uh, you got 16 days to go halfway there. Um, yeah. actually someone just bought one while we were talking. So that's cool. Hey, um, yes. <laughs> but, awesome. uh, so why I see with the, with the, uh, Nintendo ones, they're definitely, they're not licensed. Did you attempt to go to Nintendo for the idea? No, it was more of a, what's the saying, uh, beg for forgiveness mm. or something, something like that. I don't know. But it was, uh, I just wanted to do it. Right. And I figured, you know, parody's a gray area. I haven't heard from them, so <laughs> right. I guess that's good. Right. Um, I get a lot of questions about that, but no, uh, no problems so far. So, um, what, what caused you to not parody Sega, but actually go to them and try to get, uh, officially licensed, um, Genesis cards? Well, the, the thing is they came to me. Oh, so, wow. so I, I exhibit at like Comic Con and other conventions. And, and last year, uh, one of the marketing ladies from Sega approached me and, and wanted to, wanted me to design a figure based on Genesis for their 25th anniversary. And obviously, I was excited. I mean, that's you know, that's a huge company coming to me saying, "Hey, wanna wanna make this figure for us?" And uh, it was a struggle from the, from day one. Like, they're a big company. I'm a <laughs> I'm one guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they want their money up front. I can't provide money up front, so we said it would be a, a Kickstarter. It it got pretty far along, and. Uh, just before you know we were ready to launch it, they said, "No, we need the money up front. Uh, can you do that?" And I'm like, "Again, <laughs> no." <laughs> so uh, it, it died back in November, and then that lady left. A new guy joined in Sega, and uh, he contacted me. I think back in April of this year, and we've been you know trying to get it going again. So that's where we're at. He was able to to work his magic internally to, you know, get them on board enough for me to do the Kickstarter. So. Oh, that's, that's interesting that Sega is actually kind of going out there and scouting or, uh, reaching out to people. I know we, we spoke with, um, Darren Wall, who's doing the, uh, Mega Drive Genesis Kickstarter book and, uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. That one too. He's, I mean, it's officially licensed, but again, I think to, um, obtain the, uh, license from Sega, he, he needed to turn to Kickstarter and it's, um, I'm surprised that Sega is so willing to do that because I know a lot of people, you know, they push to have classic Sega games revived through Kickstarter. So it's yeah. interesting to see that they're kind of testing the waters maybe um, with other products. But, uh, George, you actually had some questions about the production process? Uh, well, I kind of did, but, like, I think he kind of uh, answered uh, kind of the idea behind the Sega stuff. So I'm going to start off my question with uh, what, was your, what, was his, what was your favorite figures, like, growing up? Growing up, I mostly had G.I. Joe toys, and it might have been partially because my parents were born-again Christians at the time, so He-Man was off-limits, off but G.I. Joe was cool, so I had lots of G.I. Joes. Why was He-Man off-limits? I think the whole magic and fantasy elements weren't, weren't cool with my parents at the time. They've, they've lightened up since, but... Uh, that's that's good. And then, yeah, and then obviously uh, Transformers were, were the toys that I wanted, and I had a, a couple of those. And Mask was probably one of my favorites. The that's, I, don't know, I don't know if you remember those, but I love them. No, no, I uh, I remember the Transformers uh, figures, mostly the 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 ones that are like animals. Yeah. The be- what so are they those, called them? Those are probably Beast Wars. 
Yeah, uh, I remember those uh, growing up. My cousin always had them, and he was always like showing them off. I thought they were pretty cool. I just couldn't afford them as a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's the like the process of making an action figure like this? For this, I mean, the way I go about it is I do the the sculpting and design work. Most most companies, bigger companies, have designers internally that will do the work, or they even farm it out to external people. But I, I do the sculpting digitally because it's they're such mechanical figures. You know, it's a, it's a essentially a cartridge, so there's no point in doing that traditionally. Yeah. Um, and then I usually have it output. My my buddy's got a, a shop that you know does prototyping and everything, so I go through him. Because I, I like getting a, a real sample before I send it over to China because I want to see it in my hands and feel it and see if the size is right and everything. I could go straight to China, but I like keeping some, some of my money in the U.S. So I, I like supporting my friend's shop. And uh, it's not as cheap, but I have more control over it, and that's always a good thing. So then after I get the prototype, I'll send it out to – China, they'll actually redo a model because they have to do all the engineering involved to do wall thicknesses and like tolerances, all kinds of smart kid stuff. So it takes about a month or month or two for uh, the tooling, the the steel molds to get cut. Uh, then after that, you get uh, first shots, which would be like a kind of a rough plastic injection molded piece so it might not fit together well it might not be as refined so they'll they'll refine it fine tune it and then pretty soon after that they'll start production um obviously i have to, I have to design the packaging i have to you know make sure the labels all are all ready to print and uh they'll they'll do the production assembly label application packaging then it gets all boxed up put on a boat sits on the boat for three to four weeks. Hopefully it clears customs quickly, ends up in my distributor's warehouse and uh, I pick some up and he ships them out to stores. So nice. It's a fun uh, process. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you, uh, the packaging, are you, it's going to look like a, a, a Sega Genesis, uh, cartridge. I mean, right. The yeah. box art, I guess. I, I haven't quite figured it out yet. Cause with the, with the tendos, there was like a a natural fit for the the sleeve. I don't know if you've seen that packaging, but mm-hmm. NES cartridges used to come with a, a black sleeve. So I, I worked that into that packaging. I want to have it a window box so you can see what figure you're getting on Megabit as well. So it might not look like um, the old boxes that uh, the the cartridges used to come in. It might look like uh, a cartridge, and then you see through the window, and you see what label you're getting. Not quite figured out yet. Right. Well, you could also you could also look to the um, the cardboard Genesis boxes for for inspiration because uh, those those like you know the Sonic and Knuckles one or uh, things yeah. like that that might be cool. Vector Man two had it. Oh, Vector Man, and it was shiny too. Yeah. yeah. The, the tough thing is is to because I make such low quantities to to produce a package that's in unique to each individual figure is really expensive. Uh, so I, I try to make one box that will work for every figure. And that's why you have the window so you can see what figure you're getting. Oh, that works. I mean, but like you could use the color scheme or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, since we're talking about the Sega Genesis, and I keep on calling it the Mega Drive for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> do you have any favorite Sega Genesis games? I mean, I... I think my favorite games were probably uh, Altered Beast and and Golden Axe, but the fact I mostly played them in the in the arcade because I I didn't actually have a Genesis because you know back then we didn't have a whole lot of money so it was uh, Nintendo or Sega it wasn't both and we happened to get Nintendo I don't even know why it's just that's how it ended up but uh, I played the hell out of those in the arcade mostly Golden Axe I think. Um, how was Sega about licensing? Like, did they tell you, oh, you can't use that game? Like, did you ask for a game and they're like, no, you can't do that game? 
Yeah, they they pretty much suggested which ones we should do, and uh, of course, I wanted to do Sonic Two and Sonic Three, and those those might happen if things go well. But you know, you got to start somewhere, and starting with four games is pretty good. And obviously, Golden Axe, Altered Beast, Sonic, and then Shinobi are all great games. So, what sucks though is like. I can't do like a Street Fighter one or a Mortal Kombat one, which I'd love to do, but those are different licenses, different companies, whole different can of worms. So, but you never know if these products. I mean, if the if the figures do well, you could approach them easily. Like, oh look, Sega yeah. said it's fine. Yeah, for sure, and I would love to do that, but again, one one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A Capcom set would be really cool, but yeah. uh, like you said, one step at a time. You don't want to even think about dealing with Capcom at this point. Even even dealing with Sega is a, a challenge. You know, they I wanted to have two different uh, Sonic cartridges available in the Kickstarter. You know, the not for, not for resale one and the regular retail version, but they thought it was too Sonic heavy. You know, and I, I agree. It, it looked like if you bought the the biggest combo, you'd get four Sonic cartridges, and that's a little repetitive to me so it's actually kind of interesting that they said it was too sonic heavy i mean just because it seems like right now they're kind of promoting sonic so much in like the you know so it's like wow they told you that too much sonic that's interesting yeah Um, it's funny because there's a separate sonic team and there's separate altered beast team there's a bunch of different teams (laughs) that have to approve stuff so i can understand their their point of view to some regard. Oh, oh, so they actually had to get approval from the teams in Japan? Yeah, oh yeah. So I, I have to get approval from uh, Sega US, but then it also, everything goes through Sega Japan. And Sega Japan, you know, they don't, I don't know if they fully understand what I'm trying to do. Like, I wanted to, well, maybe they understand it, but they have their limitations. So I wanted to do a blue Sonic megabit where the label was his eyes, and it looked like you know a Sonic Sega cartridge, and they totally killed that one. Like there's no way they were going to allow, allow me to do that. And a huge part of that, I'm sure, is Sonic's their baby, and they need it portrayed in a certain way, and they didn't feel that was a good way to portray Sonic. So it was a no go. <laughs> I think people would like it, but. So do you think it was kind of it was obviously harder working with Sega Japan on this kind of stuff? Yeah, um, and I don't know if it's just Sega Japan. It might just be Sega in general because they are such a, a big company and they are a video game company. They're they're not a toy company. Obviously, they license their stuff out a lot, but it's not their uh, main source of revenue. You know? Oh yeah, of course. I was going to say Nate. Um, when you came up with this, oh, this is probably going to give you, you probably already had headaches dealing with this, but uh, when you're coming up with design, were you ever thinking about, you know, doing some uh, region-specific stuff, like uh, doing Mega Drive labels or something? Yeah, I mean, I definitely got a lot of comments about that and at, when the Kickstarter just started. Um, the truth is, I I was unaware of Mega Drive it, and during my childhood, you know, I thought Sega, Sega Genesis was what it was called everywhere. Because obviously that was back in, what, the 80s and 90s. So internet didn't <laughs> wasn't there to educate me on it. But uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen r- during the Kickstarter because, again, that would be a deal with um, Sega UK. And it would be a totally different license and it would be a totally different royalty involved and minimum guarantee and it's just so unfortunately <laughs> so it's, it's a big he- headache to even get a a mega drive label on there yeah you thankfully you have those blank ones so if people really do have a game yeah. that they want to see as a figure they can they can make it most definitely are you going to be providing labels too that people can print on or draw on i'm right now they'll they'll come with one label that people can draw on. They're hard to print on because how do you set a printer to print at that size and line it up? So that's problematic. But 
I'm, I'm trying to work with a, an online sticker uh, company that could put up a template of, you know, Megabit and Tendo and all those, and people could upload their artwork and print out um, stickers through that company and, and get whatever label they want. That would be really cool. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully that can work out and it, it'll be easy for people. Yeah, well, um, not too long ago, the uh, former marketing director at Sega posted this roll of stickers from Sonic 2's release. They were um, a test print for holographic oh. labels for Sonic 2. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, I, he, he's not giving them away, but if, yeah. <laughs> if I ever got my hand on a few of those, I'd definitely keep one in mint shape and, and slap one on, like, a cartridge or, or one yeah. of these figures. That would that would have looked really cool. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> I had a question. Uh, it seems the models you're using, they're the same, but with a different sticker, obviously, you know, to represent the games. Were there ever plans to make hands or feet different that maybe would align with the game? I know you mentioned the Sonic one. Would it, were you thinking, yeah. like, gloves as hands? It, it's, it's another tricky thing when you're doing a toy. It's like you, you try to save money where you can, and especially doing a Kickstarter, I, I set the lowest you know, goal possible to, to hopefully reach it. And one of the cuts I had to make was use the same arms and legs as, as the large Tendo figure. So that saves me, you know, roughly four grand in tooling. And so I don't have to ask for $34,000, $35,000 to make it. I ask for thirty. Hopefully we can do that as a stretch goal. And, and yeah, do, they wouldn't be exactly Sonic. They'd be Sonic inspired, arms and legs, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, but they just have like a d- slightly different shape and, and like cufflinks or not cufflinks, but like <laughs> cuffs, you know, cufflinks would be classy though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's an add on. <laughs> um, I was wondering how, how did you come up with the name Megabit? Uh, it was a struggle for sure. Like Tendo was, it, it came, uh, actually a friend came up with Tendo, but it was a kind of a natural fit. Genesis doesn't lend itself to, to to clever names. So after a long time, I, you know, I was reading Wikipedia about all the Sega history, and it talks about Mega Drive. I'm looking at all the images of Sega Genesis stuff, and it says 16-bit on the um, on the console. So I was like, I Mega Mega Bit. I'd take some from both, and. Uh, that's how it came up. Hmm. I think George, uh, when you created Sega Bits, you had a similar uh, <laughs> inspiration, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was the same thing. Uh, you know, all the names we had beforehand were like terrible, so yeah, that worked. Yeah, it yeah. sounds yeah. better. Sega Vomit <laughs> was, I think, one of them, right? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Can you imagine us right now talking to you name and be like, hey, we're Sega Vomit. Let's talk about vomiting. <laughs> I don't think that would work out. <laughs> no, it's, got, it's got some humor to it at least, you know? Yeah, though I don't I don't know if we could get some of our, uh, you know, like, hey. Some you guests. Used, yeah, you used to be the the voice actor for, do you want to be on Sega Vomit? They, don't, they just hang up. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be kind of awesome, though. So with the colored cartridges, I'm curious, is there a different cost involved with like the, the gold ones or the red ones? Yeah, for sure. So the the process is called VUM for short. It's called vacuum metalizing. And it's a it's a different kind of process. And uh it's an additional process. So I I have to say I don't fully understand it. I've seen it done, but usually it's like figures soaking in a bath of chemicals and uh so what happens is you get that metal coating on there and it'll look like chrome you know it's essentially like a process and then they'll spray a a translucent color over top of that to get the color gold or red or blue Hmm. so it's definitely more work it definitely costs more money You, you can see it in the action figures in the action figure aisle even right now uh Transformers 4 is using it. And usually it's used sparingly because it is an expensive process. So that's why, you know, to coat a, a big figure like Megabit in that much material and paint is is not cheap. Hmm. Hmm. Have, have you have you seen the, uh, kind of off topic, I'm curious, have you seen the Transformers um, Megatron Mega Drive? I, I, I have seen it. Well, I've only seen the 
uh, the photos of the prototypes, it's still gray. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it um, painted up or anything, but I heard it's only in Japan. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's pretty pricey. It's a little over a hundred bucks just to import. Yeah. So, so I, I might have to see if one of my buddies in Hong Kong can uh, grab one for me. Usually, Hong Kong's got a lot of uh, Japanese toys there. So, yeah, because if you can imagine one of the one of your figures actually like fitting in or riding on top of him, like, <laughs> yeah, the ultimate. My, my guy is pretty uh, pretty big. I don't know how big the the Megatron is, but this guy, my guy's. Slightly bigger than a, a classic cartridge. Mm-hmm. It's like just the body's like five inches wide. So mm-hmm. his, with the arms and legs, I could measure one right now. It's probably like almost seven inches wide. And then he's about, he's about four and a half inches tall. So he's, he's a little chunk of plastic for sure. I was looking at the uh, the Tendo ones. Do these actually come in two parts and they're screwed together, or are they one solid block with the screws kind of implied? Uh, they're manufactured as separate parts, but they're assembled by the factory, so it comes as a a, a solid body. The arms and legs are always uh, packed out separate, so you attach the arms and legs. Okay. Well, very cool. Uh, George, you had some questions? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, uh, with Sega well I was going to say Sega open for additional figures in the future yeah even the first time we talked about the project and it fell apart we were were already discussing doing uh, Sonic 2 and 3 and whatever uh, hopefully potentially other um, Sega owned properties but again we didn't I've talked with them about trying to do other licenses like uh you know, like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, but that didn't get very far because they they really just wanted to focus on uh, getting the first ones done. So. Hmm. I've, I've also noticed that like uh, a lot of the fi- the ones they chose are like I guess very early Mega Drive. I mean, Sega Genesis titles like the first Sonic game, the first Shinobi game. Are you like also like are they also open to doing like Golden X two and? Maybe Shinobi Three, yeah. which is probably the most popular one. I I, I would definitely think so. Um, obviously, you want to start with the first one and, and work your way up to the later ones. I think also the main idea for the project was to celebrate the Genesis and its 25th anniversary. So the the games, I, I think Altered Beast was probably a launch title. I can't really remember, but you want to kind of focus on, on the, the figure itself and celebrate that 25th anniversary and not get it confused with, like, a 25th anniversary of, of Sonic or of the games. So that's kind of where we we're why we started with the earlier uh, games and everything. So is uh, after the Kickstarter, hopefully successful, um, what are your hopes and future for the Megabit line? Like, what do you want to do long-term with it? Well, like we've been talking about, I'd definitely like to do other licenses with it because my my favorite games are often third party games. Or is it third party? First party game? No, third party games. Anyway, um, so we have discussed doing a mini figure line like the mini Tendos. So possibly doing a blind box series with you know a bunch of different labels that you could you know get. Blind boxes don't appeal to everybody, though, so it, we might have to do open boxes, or you know what you know what you're buying. But that's I would like to do that, and obviously like to continue doing different versions of the large megabit. Have you ever have you ever considered doing like a like I don't know if you've seen them, but like a maybe like a console version of these, like instead of the cartridge, like it's a mini console with the hands and feet. Yeah, I definitely have. Um, it's it's tough because I like things to be somewhat proportionally correct. Like, if I do it a Tendo, I don't want to do a console that's like uh, sm- smaller or equal in size to the Tendo. I'd rather it, you know it look like it should. But that if I stick with that, then the NES console or a Genesis console is going to be massive, and that's like really cost prohibitive. Like uh, 
it, the tooling and just production costs would be so high that it's unlikely. So yeah, I, I would probably like to do those as mini figures. So it, the scale isn't as important, at least in my head. No, that's about my questions I had, I think. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, the uh, it's Megabit Figures inspired by Sega Genesis. Uh, Nate Mitchell, it's on Kickstarter. Um, so uh, if you're listening to this, head on over, support it. In fact, I just tweeted it out and we got another backer on it. So that's Sweet. cool. That's awesome. Um, so I just, I want to thank you again for sitting down to talk to us about the project. Hey, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, exciting stuff. I know these Kickstarters can be, especially during them. We <laughs> talk to a lot of uh, people who do Kickstarters and you know, it is, it's stressful up until the end of it, but um, I definitely have high hopes for you. This is a really cool project and uh, I wish well, you thanks. the best on it. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I do need all the help we can get. So uh, <laughs> it's been interesting. It had a great start. It definitely had a slowdown period. Hopefully it ramps up again. And uh, I, I think it'll happen. It's just, it's going to be stressful for me. Right. I understand that. But, you know, we'll do the best we can, too, to get the word out there. And uh, this podcast will be up tomorrow. So um, awesome. You can uh, let your let your supporters know all about that. So, again, yeah, thank sure. you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, no problem, guys. All right. Take care. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks to Nate for speaking with us about uh, his Kickstarter project. Again, that's the Megabit Figures Inspired by Sega Genesis. You can just search Megabit on Kickstarter and uh, support, support the guy. It's a cool project, and it's always... Uh, it's especially exciting to know that Sega's out there actually approaching other people um, rather than the other way around for uh, projects like this, you know, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Shenmue 3, no. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of um, the number three, welcome to the 3D Zone. 3D Fantasy Zone 2, Double, is coming to the 3DS in Japan. So again, another game that, uh, I don't know, do you think these things will come to the U.S.? They have to come to the U.S., right? I come hope on. so. I mean, the last line, I don't know how the sales were, but it's like, I can't imagine the localization or bringing these over here would really cause much a strain on their uh, Sega's pay, uh, wallet. But, uh, yeah, we have Afterburners out uh, in Japan. We also have Fantasy Zone, and this is Fantasy Zone 2 Double. Now, what do you know anything about this game? I do not know, actually, but I do uh, know that the first one had a... Uh... What extra content? I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this one's so, the Tears of Opa Opa, which was um, which was a sequel. But it looks like there's an, also a game mode called Link Loop Land, which uh, is a score attack endless mode. Which I, I endless mode definitely fits on the kind of handheld portable device, um, which uh, surprises me because I I could see Fantasy Zone actually working as an endless runner. I mean, I, I'd hate to see that happen. <laughs> You know, but at the same time, I could see that happen, just like going along like as a shooter, side scroller, I don't know, but, um, if it comes out, I'll buy it, but I'm just a little like pet, you know, I don't really like playing these type of games on handheld, I I like playing them on console, and since they're not doing support for, uh, the Wii U, I mean, it's kind of like, kind of wish it would release on multiple system not just be tied into the ds right right well have you played the space harrier 3ds i have not i've never i've never bought anything on the eShop, the oh. nintendo and i don't want to buy anything on the eShop on nintendo like i i just don't feel like i don't know something about their store just pisses me off every time i go on there i'm like this is all overpriced garbage and i don't buy anything i'll admit the prices are a bit high especially on um on the nintendo games but i think the sega ones are for the most part worth it i wouldn't I'd say avoid the Genesis ones, but um, the arcade ones, I've picked all of those up, and I've just really enjoyed them, especially um, Galaxy Force 2. That's just that's an awesome game in 3D, as is uh, Space Harrier. I'd say hang on, maybe pass on that, just because it's, it's a great game, but it's kind of simplistic in the 3D, and there isn't really much to it outside of just going through the courses, but... Uh... But yeah, controlling the uh, Space Harrier guy with the stylist is really cool. So. Uh, so it's a good it's a good port then. It's a good say. port. It's it's the first time I've played Space Harry and really felt like I was in complete control. If that makes sense. So I mean, eh, but I mean, wouldn't it be nicer playing on a big TV? I mean, 
I, I'm I'm really really hope that these like okay we get Sonic one and two and we get that uh we get it remade so it could look nice in 1080p and stuff mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just a little spoiled now and then it's like the Japanese is doing their own thing and it's like you got they got to come up together there yeah, yeah I would love been... to see yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I, I haven't played the Sonic um, 3DS game yet, but that was, when that happened, that was an interesting thing where it was like, so are Sega of Japan and Sega Sega West even talking to each other? I mean, we've seen two Sonic ports in the same year, and they're like, why don't you just make a 3D version of the uh, enhanced version instead of having a team recreate Sonic again? It's like, yeah, it's like wasted money, and, and it's like Chris Whitehead did a really damn good job, and it's... It's kind of wish they just. I don't know if they're still working with him, but it'd be a shame if they drop that relationship. Right, right, yeah. Just considering all the classics that deserve us uh, that treatment. Oh, definitely. Like imagine uh, the Streets of Rage trilogy. Imagine Toe Jam and Earl in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm got, good. I'm I can good. see the backdrop, I mean, and I can see Toe Jam and Earl walking on top of it. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> it's 3D. I, would, I mean, there's like um, there's some I would want to watch. I mean. If they had to do, like, my games I had to pick, I would pick, like, Fantasy Star 4, because mm. that's probably the easiest one to get into. Right. It'd be weird, though, right? They're like, hey, guys, Fantasy Star 4 is being remade. The only one, not well, not 2, 3, or or 1. Right. Yeah. The fourth one. Yeah, that would kind of stink. But that is the best one. I mean, to, it's not piss hard, I guess, for people. Right, right. That's my opinion on that. We want to talk about Aliens? Yeah, Alien Isolation has some pre-order content that reunites the original film cast. We have Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley, Tom Skerritt as Dallas, and uh, a cast of uh, another four or so. I don't want to read all their names. But um, it's uh, some people have been complaining about it, namely uh, Jim Sterling, about how uh, pre-order DLC is nonsense and how we shouldn't have these sorts of things. I, I I don't know. I've I don't want to be in the fanboy apologist, but I've just come become kind of like used to these things. I don't know. I, I'm in a way I'm 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 half leaning one side and half leaning the other way. Um, just because like if Sega handled the last two games, I mean a lot of people think that uh, I mean they have two hundred dollars worth of DLC for fucking company heroes like two. It's like the that fan base is very mad about that, and it's like. And then they did the same thing with uh, Rome, which came out incomplete, and they were, like, pimping, like, new packs you could buy while the game is broken, and most people couldn't play it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you gotta you gotta fucking pick your cards. You gotta, like, you can't do $200 worth of content. I mean, I, I'm not saying this is, I mean, Aliens is gonna get $200 worth of content, but it, it, the way Aliens is doing it so far isn't that bad, but I can see why people are a little ticked off that, like, they released the shitty, uh, game the oh. last aliens game yeah and now they're like hey pre-order it and trust us we'll give you free stuff yeah i don't I know mean, we've had something similar to this um with the and i i don't know if it's been confirmed if they're doing it the same way but remember with sonic lost world they had the deadly six edition and with all-stars racing transformed they had the uh, uh metal sonic bonus edition so i'm wondering if this is going to be kind of a non-issue and it turns out that the Nostromo or Nostromo I can't say that right edition is actually just going to be like first come first served in the stores with the DLC codes inside and if yeah, you buy it used I, you don't get those codes which I don't think you should get those codes if you're buying it used <laughs> of know? course people still buy used games yeah yeah but you know just, I guess my opinion on it was that I heard people talking about the release month that it's coming out, and they're like, oh shit, I don't know if I'm even going to get Aliens, Alien Isolation on day one because there's so many other games. And then they announce this, and people go, what the fuck, Sega? Now I have to buy the game on day one. And I'm like, exactly. They're trying to give you incentive to buy it on day one. They don't want you to go, oh, Alien Isolation looks cool. I'll buy it in four months when it gets yeah, down that's... to like 20 bucks. And then there's the other side, obviously, where you just said, like, Sega is has a real hard time keeping prices on their games yeah. steadily of price. You know, they always drop. Like I remember when I would like go in the store and I would buy a Sega game for like $50. I would come in like two months or like even a month later and it was like $30. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh great. I just spent a bunch of fucking money. Thanks Sega. Right. There's and it's other- like, um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's like, they have to, 
find a way cleverly to try to get people excited to buy the game the first day it comes out. And EA did this with, uh, what, Dante's Inferno, too. They did, like, a special edition for the first day mm-hmm. right away. I think Sega should have probably went with a, oh, we're going to do a special label and special packaging and maybe give them something a little extra for the fans instead of just, the, oh, you get DLC for free. I mean, maybe they would more people would have been more appreciative or just not said it was DLC. Right, right. Well, the whole DLC has like a bad like stigma, I guess. From reading it, it looks like the uh, there's two pieces of bonus content. There's crew expendable, and it looks like that one is going to be similar to the um, like bonus editions of the Sonic games, where it says if you've pre-ordered the game, you will be upgraded to the Nostromo. I'm probably saying it wrong again. Edition, um, but uh, it says here that if you pre-order at GameStop, you'll get the exclusive Last Survivor. So that. I could see that being a, a point of contention with people because it's like not only do I need to pre-order to get the first mission, but I have to pre-order through GameStop to get the other one. And um, on yeah, going through GameStop is I think stupid. Yeah, <sighs> so dumb. Yeah, because Cons- yeah. like if you pre-order in Amazon and it ever dri- drops price, they'll fucking uh, the, they'll give you the cheapest price before it comes out. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you pre-order in in uh, in GameStop, it's going to be sixty fucking dollars, no matter what. Right, right. Well, I, I, I'm definitely. I have no problem with the, um, from what it looks like, the packaged edition with the first bit of DLC. Because, like I mentioned, it was all the other, all the Sonic games that came out. They do this. You go to the store two months later, you're still going to find the game with the bonus edition. I think just now, uh, All Stars Racing Transformed has finally re- started to release the non-bonus edition ones. So. You know, it, Jesus, barely. I I think so because I saw someone posting a picture and they were like, "Hey, check it out! Normal edition of All Stars Racing Transformed at Target or whatever." Uh, <laughs> it's probably not fair of me to talk like that. That's probably not how they. Because <laughs> that's probably not what he sounds like. Yeah, but I I do agree that it is kind of lame that they're going the other piece of pre order content is through GameStop. So it's like, you know, it, I'm 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 split. Like I'm totally fine with the package ones because we've talked before about people who are like, yeah, I'm a true Sega fan, and then it's like, oh, cool. When's the last game you bought on release? Uh, I haven't really. I did get this one game uh, used. It's called uh, Sonic Generations. It's pretty cool. I got it for ten bucks. It's like, you know, if you're gonna be a Sega fan and you want to support Sega, go get the games that look good on release. I'm totally fine with you know passing on the the shitty looking ones, like waiting for the review scores to come out. Um, I actually got into a little argument on uh, Skype with a uh, person who should remain nameless. But uh, I'm going to say his name. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm joking no. around. <laughs> but, you know, he was saying, you know, that these sorts of things are bullshit. Like, how do I know if the game is good or not? And I'm like, well, if this was like 1993, maybe I'd agree with you. Because I remember when Back to the Future Part 3 came out and I was like, holy shit, my, one of my, you know, favorite franchises is going to have a game. I need to get that and play it. And I played it, and it was absolute garbage. But, you know, nowadays, Alien Isolation, we have we have uh, people going out there and actually playing it. I mean, we know people who have played it. We have previews. We have advanced reviews. So there's going to be more than enough press out there for you to get an idea of how good this game is or not. And then you can make your decision to pre-order it. Yeah, sure, you and- might have to pre-order it a little last minute, maybe, like in the last two weeks or something. But... Honestly. Somebody's gonna say on the comments. I already know it. Oh, but Alien Colonial Marine showed up fake footage. Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, no, no, no. and don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking pre-order the game. But the fucking game is gonna have the fucking DLC code for the first week when it comes out. So you'll be seeing your Destructoid review and all that other sh- stuff you like to watch. Yeah, and you can still get the fucking DLC for free. Just buy it the first couple of weeks it comes out at least. I mean, yeah, yeah. The only out. thing you're gonna miss out on probably is the GameStop DLC, which I believe will be printed out on the receipt like they usually do. So, but then again, like if you really don't, if you're like, oh, I'm going to wait then you probably don't care about this DLC. So why are you complaining? You know, you're probably not as big an alien fan as, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I'm hoping the game is good because if it's fucking garbage, I'm in the fucking, it's going to be a uh, more shit. I, I'm actually surprised Colonial Marine sucked. And a lot of people are, were not that mad at Sega. They were more mad at Gearbox. So mm-hmm. there's always that. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I'm hoping the game's good, and I I haven't played it firsthand, but from what I've seen, it looks like a fun game. I think the major knocks, or major negatives I could put against it was that it's probably going to be a short game. They've already said it is a short game. Um, but then again, like, would you rather have 
a really good like 10 hour, 12 hour experience or a so-so shooter that goes on for 40 hours or however long those things go. I want a fucking I want a game that's like a hundred fucking hours and <laughs> I could go in arcades and I could talk to and I could explore my house. Is there games like that? Yeah, it's called Shen Mu. Can you imagine if it was like um you were playing as the main character in isolation and you're like, Oh, an arcade machine, this looks fun and you start playing it <laughs> and the alien hears it and you're just like you're playing hang on and you just suddenly get like torn apart from the inside out from behind. His arm just goes through the seat. <laughs> That'd be great. I love that. You're playing the game, like the actual ROM of the game is on the screen and all of a sudden it just starts getting splattered with blood and you lose your ability to control the game. That'd be awesome. That would be I'd awesome. play that. Yeah. I so, was gonna say uh what? they also uh another thing they I guess take people off, I don't know. Uh, um that the Oculus Rift is a not real product, just a prototype. What do you think would that even matter? I I mean I'm surprised they even showed a fucking why did they even show that demo? I don't know why, but maybe just for the hype? Yeah, I mean, it might happen. I think, I have a feeling that it might be something to happen for the PC release, but it was kind of weird for them to show it off and get such good impressions, and they go, oh, we're not actually doing it. But, you know, it could be that they do it after the game releases, and it might... I have a feeling they don't want to just release it. I don't think it's the support is probably done, and they want to do it maybe as an update or something. Like, oh, now it supports the Oculus Rift on PC. I mean, yeah. technically, it's only going to be a PC-only feature so far. Or it could have been that Sega found that they were getting such good uh, press on it that uh, Sony and Microsoft were like, um, what about our versions? So they're probably like, well, we're not doing it. But Yeah, fuck it. We'll wait for the sequel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aliens Isolation. Versus Predator. Aliens isolations. Holy shit, there's more than one this time? Yeah, there's this two aliens. Great. You play an alien hiding from uh, a little girl. It's like peekaboo. <laughs> it just got a whole new meaning. Yeah. Well, that would be fun. <laughs> um, um, those cheesy ads? Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you this since we're... Gonna close this off in like it's not a little bit... Um, mm -hmm. Did you order the, the Vice uh, Skies of Arcadia figure? I can't afford that. Dude, you can't afford two hundred and thirty dollars for fucking Skies of Arcadia. I'm joking around. <laughs> I do wish that they had um uh these in like installment plans. So they were like, yeah, put down fifty bucks now, and then we'll charge you fifty a month until the thing comes out or something. But oh well, I guess it will never be. I don't have room for it anyway. Well. You could put it in your uh, in your bedroom, right there in the middle. See, you're like right next to your like you have a picture of you and your wife, and then Vice action figure in the middle. Yeah, and and Rio. Yeah, of course. And Shadow. Oh yeah, of course. If you don't have Shadow, you're a fucking bitch. And then my fan made made statue of silver. <laughs> of course, he'll get one one day. Yeah. Um, Most the only other bit of news is that we're doing a Comic Zone week. I've never played the game. Can you believe? No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> You're the one that pitched the week. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking around. Um, yeah, we're waiting doing, for it uh, to get, go low in price so I can buy it used. I'm a pretty big Sega fan. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to see if I could buy it on my PS3. I don't own any retro consoles. Um, right. You guys know where I can get Sonic One used? I haven't played it yet, but I'm not giving Sega my money. They don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, I did a Tuesday tunes on it. I did a Monday, but uh, the real good content is coming uh, on the site tomorrow. Comic yes. Zone, uh, My Life with Sega. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, it's our, it's already on our channel. You can actually watch it on our YouTube channel, like after you watch or listen to this shit. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's the uh, season three premiere of My Life with Sega, and he uh, showed the Comic Zone episode at our panel at Too Many Games and. Uh, I guess uh, following the show, he, he just wanted to get it out there. So technically it's already out, but it's really only the people who, you know, like our hardcore followers who frequently check our channel are the ones seeing it. So, And how was the reception on it at the event? Oh, they loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of There's fun. There's a guy dressed up like Sketch Turner. Yeah, that was pretty cool to watch. It was kind of like Sketchception. He was like watching himself in the comic zone. Um, I'm surprised. No, people... I'm glad. People enjoyed it. People laughed at it. Uh, I mean, we mentioned, too, in our Too Many Games uh, uh, podcast that um, it was a great turnout, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. So, I, I would be pretty funny if uh, AJ in his fucking video is like, Sketch Turner, the fucking gayest character ever to lick anus. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, whoever would want to dress as this guy? 
And the guy's just sitting there going, oh, man, come on. And he just walks out and back into his comic book and disappears. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we could close this episode off, right? Yeah, sure thing. So, um, again, thank you for joining us, Nate. Uh, and uh, we'll post the links up. I've uh, said the name of the Kickstarter already, uh, Megabit. Search for that. Give the guy your support. Comic Zone Week is going on right now. We've got uh, the time of this going up a few more days, so uh, enjoy that. We have more theme weeks and theme months on the way. It is the year of the console, and we have taken a break from that. But uh, methinks uh, a, a certain expansion is coming soon to uh, the website, so that'll be fun. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.